I want to testify a little bit. It's like there's a lot of new faces lately. Thank you. And I just feel like just giving glory to the Lord today, just testifying and, and just exalting him. And he is worthy of it all. And, and I just want to testify. And I want others to testify. So I just want you to start thinking about what the Lord has done in your life, how you are here today, how you came to the Lord. I want you, everybody in this room, all right, because I might pick on just maybe you or you or you, you know, just be ready. This is exciting to talk about what God has done in your life. Okay, we're going to test, a couple weeks ago we talked about what your testimony is. All right, so let's go back and we're going to go through that again. So it's who you were before, how you came to know Jesus, and who you are now. All right, the transformation that God has has done in your life. You can testify about a prayer that God has answered. Right, Evie? You can talk about anything you want. All right, we're going to just exalt his name today because he is worthy of it all. All right, so I'm going to testify about how I came to know the Lord because I testify about everything else every other week. So most of you know, a lot of you don't. Uh, I, right now, I'm 23 years old, and I've been walking with the Lord for a year and eight months. It'll be eight months on the 8th. Praise the Lord. Yes. All right. So who I was before. I was a normal 21-year-old in the eyes of the world I was normal. I was a good person. I was um, working at a bar. I was partying on the weekends. You know, it was a thing to do. I was not in school. I was working Monday through Friday, normal job, and I had friends, and I had a boyfriend. And life was good, you know, so I thought. And my sister was in church, and I wanted nothing to do with that. We had a terrible relationship. I know a lot of you guys think, oh, you and Susie have such a good relationship. I did not like that girl before. Every <laughs> She will tell you. She will tell you. She was here today. I would hear her in the basement, like, because our room's in the basement, just praising God, just screaming at the top of her lungs, and that was the most annoying thing to me. You know, I would wake up to her worship music. I'm like, oh, my goodness, turn that off. And just to get her back, I would start, like, blasting my, my uh, La Calle or... Or like B96, whatever. I was just, I was bad. I would talk about her. Like my mom and I, we would talk about her. Like she is too, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, we would talk about her. And it, she was just annoying. All right? It's true. That's what we, I'm telling you, that's what we are to other people. When you walk into a room and people know you represent Christ, you are annoying to them. You irritate them. It just makes their skin crawl. Because, what goes through your mind is that person thinks they know it all. That person thinks they're perfect, you know. They think they're, they're not sinners. It, it, that's what goes through your mind. And so we had a terrible relationship. I mean, I still loved her. I just didn't want to be around her. And so there was one time I was going through some stuff, like boy drama, you know, like always. And um, I remember one time, this, I'm just going to share this because I want to show you guys the power of prayer. One time I came home just wasted, and I'm crying, my eyes, I'm just bawling. And my sister comes up to me, and this girl starts crying too, and, um, and she's like, can I pray for you? And I'm like, I wanted to say no, but I was like, sure, whatever. She, she prays for me, she lays hands on me, and a month later I get saved. It's just beautiful, it's just beautiful. All right, so that's, that's what, how I got saved, because of her prayers, not because of, you know, how much she was talking to me, how much she, she would say, 
you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? You know, every time she said that to me, I'm just like, get away from me. I wanted nothing to do with her. I know that it was her prayers that got heard. It was her prayers that did it all. So I want to encourage you guys to continue praying, to continue. You know, if you think there's someone out there that, you know, they'll never get saved, it's never going to happen, keep praying. Do not give up. Push forward and just, just trust in the Lord, okay? So one day I asked my sister to do something for me, and she said, yes. She said, I'll only do it for you if you go to church with me on Easter, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll go to I'll go to church with you on Easter, which was like a month away. And um, when Easter comes, I had gotten back with my ex-boyfriend already. So it was some drama before that. And um, and I said, okay, I'll go. I got dressed, I got ready. But then church service came in the morning, and um, and I didn't come. I just I just didn't come. And my sister saw me in between services. She's like, you said you were gonna go. Why weren't you there? And I was like, um, well, you know, I just didn't feel like going. She's like, I need you to come tonight. She said, Dude, we're going to have a guest speaker. I really want you to be there. So she leaves. She comes to service. I'm still at my grandma's house. And one thing she said before she left, she's like, I'm going to be the only one there without my family. Please come. And that touched me. You know, I didn't want my sister to be alone on Easter. So whatever. I come to church. The only seats left are right here in the front row. Okay? Right here. So I come. My boyfriend, my brother came to and I sit down, my arms crossed, my legs crossed. I'm like, okay, let's just get this going. And this man starts preaching, Pastor Kerry. You know, if you ever see him, this man was like sweating up here. And he was just getting down. Like he was preaching. Like, like there was no tomorrow. Like that was the last time he was ever going to preach. And I'm just like thinking to myself, it was two weeks before I'm about to move out of my house. All these things are going through my head. Like I'd heard the word once before, you know, when I was uh, in high school. I used to go to another youth group. So all these things start coming back. I was like, man, maybe there is a God. You know, maybe there is a God. And and so, like, he kind of convinced me, you know, almost at the end of service, there's a God. You know, get right with him. So I'm thinking to my in my head, you know, well, I can still move out of my house and just stay in my room all the time and just pray and worship, you know, and I don't have to go out and party and all that stuff, you know, because I knew that if I was going to accept the Lord, there were some changes I was going to have to make. So that's why I was thinking about, you know, I can't move out. So I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. So I'm already, he's got me thinking and all this stuff. Right before service ends, he comes up to me like this. I'll show you. Like this. All right? That's awkward. I get so embarrassed easily, and I'm just like, there's this room. You know Easter. People come out on Easter. This place was packed. And he's coming, he's talking to me, and I am just start smiling. I'm like, get away from me. I want nothing, you know, like, why are you talking to me? And I start smiling, and he says, you smile on the outside, but on the inside you hurt. This man just starts talking to me. And he's like, there's things that you want to say, and you don't. Let me tell you one thing. There's no man in this world that will ever love you the way that God loves you. At that moment, tears started coming down my eyes. Tears started coming down my eyes, and he says, you're going to go back to school, and you're going to finish school. And there's a girl in your family who prays for you. I was like, oh, my goodness. He knows my business. And I reach over and I grab my sister's hand and we start crying. And he says some other stuff about my life. I don't remember. And then he says, what did he say? Oh, I don't know what's going on in your family, he says, but you need to go home. He says, go home, go home, go home. At that moment, I'm just crying. Pastor Joe and Nancy are in the corner. They're like, go home. And it's just like, because they're the only ones that knew that, that I, you know, I was moving out. 
So I was like, oh, my goodness, there's a God. And, and I start crying. Like, there's, a, there's really a God. You know, there really is a God. And it was like I was so grateful, like tears of joy and tears of humiliation, too, because not only not, I was grateful, but I was ashamed of all the things that I had done in my life. You know, and I always tell people to do this. I don't know if I've done it in this in this room, but I'm going to ask you to do it right now. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. All right. Now think about the worst thing you've ever done. All right. Now, imagine your mom or your dad being in that room with you. Can you picture that? Can you imagine that? That's disgusting. That's nasty. It's like, you know, majority of the people here are thinking how I'm thinking, and I was just embarrassed. And that's how I, I was like, my goodness, God was in that room with me. God saw everything that I was doing. He, he was there. He was there. And I was ashamed. And I was humiliated. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord. And I had to repent. It wasn't like somebody convinced me. It was like something inside of me was like, Lord, I am sorry. I don't remember saying a sinner's prayer. I don't remember having to repeat after Pastor Joe or anybody else. I just remember my heart wanted Jesus. My heart knew that he was real, and my heart just wanted him. Nobody told me stop drinking, stop smoking. Nobody told me stop listening to that music, stop watching those movies, stop having sex with your boyfriend. Nobody told me that. The spirit inside of me told me that I wanted to please God. I loved God at that moment instantly. I wanted to please him. I wanted him, and I am here today because he called me, because he saved me, because he had mercy on me. A person who denied him, who denied him, who said, you are not real, your word is fake, it's phony, it was written by man. I want nothing to do with you. He still had mercy on me, and that's why I know that he loves each and every person in this room. Whether you are walking with him or not, he loves you. But he gives you opportunities like this to accept him, to acknowledge him. If you're in this room and you say you're living for him and you're really not, let me tell you, he is the God that searches the mind and the heart. And he knows. You can fool everyone else around you, but he knows and he is there with you. He is watching you. And it's all being written down. You can fool us. You can fool the church, you can fool your family and your friends, but he knows. And with all that said, I'm just so happy and I'm so excited at what God is doing and what he has done in my life and how he has transformed me. And you know what? How you know when you're changed? Talk to one of your old friends from before, before you knew the Lord. I just talked to my friend the other day. He was like, man, you have changed. And we started talking about all these things that I, I used to do. I was like, man, that was me and it came a point, he said, he's like, I was scared for you. And it's like, man, God is amazing. How he can change someone in such a short period of time. And, so, and how he can use someone like, I never imagined myself to be up here. And for you guys to listen to me, like, that's, wow, like somebody's listening to me. You know, that's Jesus. He's given me an opportunity to have this. He's given me this gift. Let me tell you something. This is a notebook that I had before I was saved. And I wrote down something that I wanted, and it was a cafe. <laughs> I love coffee. You guys know me. I just love it. I love the atmosphere. And look at this place. Like, look what God has given me and has given us to enjoy. Like, that's just beautiful. He gave, put my two passions together, you know, Jesus and, and coffee. And it's like, man, I love it. And Jesus is amazing. And he has plans for each and every one of us. And the other day I had a conversation with someone. And she was telling me, well, you know, 
um, it seems like born-again Christians are always the ones who have gone through some things. You know, it's like something really traumatic. And, and I'm just like, well, that's not true, you know. But it's usually the ones who have gone through something like crazy and traumatic. It's like, whoa, they're the ones who testify. So I want you to know and I want the world to know that everyone needs Jesus, not someone who's hooked on drugs or someone who, you know, is about to just had an abortion or something. Everyone needs Jesus. So I want us to testify because I know we got some Jesus lovers in this room, and I want the world to know, people who do listen to us on the webcast, people who watch us, to know that we all need Jesus. We all, because without him, without the blood of Christ, we are nothing, we have nothing, and our souls are damned to hell. So I want this to be a happy thing. I want us to exalt his name. So if anybody wants to volunteer and just come up here, Ish, <clears throat> I want you to testify. <laughs> Ish, why don't you come up here? Ish is one of our elders here at the church. He's an awesome man. <laughs> I know he loves the Lord, and the Lord is using him in mighty ways. And I've never heard your testimony, and I would like you to share. It's his first time here, so <laughs> please testify. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for uh, calling me out. Um, <clears throat> hey, man, we should always be ready with our testimony, right? I mean, I use it when I witness sometimes, hey, this is what I was. This is what happened. This is who I am. And what I was, I was, uh, let's see, at the age of five, my mom was born again. Hallelujah. And, of course, at the age of five, I don't make my own choices. My mom would pull me by the ear and say, all right, son, you're going to church with me. Uh, okay, mom. So so I went to church and uh, basically all my, all my young life. When I was high school age, that's my phone ringing back there, I'm sorry. Um, when I was high school age, 14, I wanted nothing to do with God. Um, I, don't, I don't think I ever really understood the whole thing. I want to do my own thing, so so I was, I did, and I did my own thing. So I would, you know, you guys remember high school, you know, for me it was sports, girls, rock and roll, and girls, and girls, and that's that's what life was, you know. That's that was my focus, you know. That's what I did, and so I did that high school. Freshman year, sophomore year, and so on. Uh, the, for myself, I had a life that wanted nothing to do with any anyone else but myself, consumed by myself. I thought I was the coolest dude ever, and uh, and you know, I just want to be surrounded by people and friends and whatever. My, you know, and you know, I um, at the age of fourteen, I started playing music, rocking out with bands and things like that. I was playing at bars by the age by the age of fifteen, so I was in bars. Um, they wouldn't serve me anything, but you know I I would probably be loaded up beforehand. Um, and so I so I lived that kind of lifestyle, that rock and roll lifestyle, like all my high school, and and then when I started going to college. The funny thing happened was when I went when I went to college, I met uh, a girl. I re-met a girl because it was a friend that I had in high school. And and in high school, we had like this little crush, right? And what ended up happening is I, I, I saw her again in, in college, and I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And she was still gorgeous, you know, like, what's up? 
And um, so I'm like, let me take you out for coffee. So we went out for coffee or whatever. And, and I said, what's going on with you, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, uh, I'm a Christian now. I said, really? Now, keep in mind, I you know, grew up in the church, and I, I've heard it all of my life. My mom, I remember like coming home drunk like after clubs or whatever, and I would see my mom on her knees in the living room praying for me at 3 in the morning. All right, now this is what would weigh on me. So um, anyway, I'm kind of saying a lot, and but I'm abridging this. Bottom line is we uh, we go out, this girl and I, and uh, she starts telling her, she starts telling me about her faith, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I know about all that stuff. You know, my mom's a Christian and blah blah blah. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. But I like this girl, so I'm like, okay, that's cool. Let's uh, uh, let me take you to a. Uh, you know, we're playing at this one place down in Pilsen. Let me take you there, you know, let me, so you can see my band. So she comes down, whatever. You know, she's being cool, whatever. She comes and sees my band. And um, we became friends. Well, I was interested in her. And uh, I asked her to be my girlfriend or if she wanted to go on a date, right? So we started going out, um, and which was like... You know, she had just been, become a Christian, so I don't know if she was really, like, you know, strong in the faith yet. She's an awesome woman of God now, by the way. Anyway, <clears throat> so she takes me to church. She's like, all right, well, you're going to come to church, okay? And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. Um, by that time, I had this um, relative, um, this idea, of, you know, this relative idea where, where, well, you know, if it's good for you, cool. You know, that's that's how I was. If you believe in Jesus, that's good for you. If you believe in Muhammad, good for you. I had friends that were Satanists, good for you. I had friends that were Buddhists, cool for you. All right, whatever. Um, so what I believe is cool for me. You know, you guys heard that. You guys hear that all the time, right? Well, that's what I was living. You know, my mom's my mom's a Jesus freak, good for her. I don't like when she reads the Bible to me. I don't like when she prays for me, but cool. I mean, that's her thing. You know, that's how I was thinking. Well, it took, it took you know, this girl that I liked invited me to church, and I uh, went to the service, and man, God, God rocked my world that service. I, went, I walked in through those doors. We were, we were a little late, but already the worship was going, and it was in worship that God moved in my heart. When um, when I was in there hearing the songs and seeing the people worship and just the presence of the Lord, it was just the presence of God, I remembered my childhood and how it felt to, you know, how that felt, the presence of God felt. Because as a, as a child, you know, I would go to church and I would see that, I would feel that. And immediately God just reminded me of his presence. And God reminded me that that he was there and that he can be felt and um, something happened that day to me I didn't get saved that day but something happened you know well anyway I I, um, I left the church service and I wasn't really changed per se um, I didn't I wasn't saved like, like I said that day well this girl she, she she saw that I wasn't really interested and I guess she was trying to be a missionary you know she was dating me missionary you know 
she she was missionary dating, and I didn't get saved, so she's like, you know, ish, we can't do this, you know, you're not like, we're not, we're just not compatible right now, and I was like, you're right, you know, you're right, so. I got dumped, all right? <laughs> so I got dumped, right? And um but I was like, whatever, no sweat, right? But so I just I'll just go back to doing what I always did, which was rock and roll. I was in a band, whatever, we were playing shows. But man, it's like from that service on, I I couldn't it's like something was tugging in my heart. You know, something was like it's like the spirit of God wanted it's like he just wanted me. And when I did things, when I sinned, when I did things that were just wrong, there was just some, I had a conscience now all of a sudden, you know? And uh, so I started seeking the Lord. I actually started praying. I said, you know, God, if you're real, stuff like that. You know, I've had those, those kind of conversations with God. And it wasn't like if you're real. It's really, I, it's, I knew that it was that he was real, but I had this facade already. I believed my own lie, you know. I believed this own lie that I made for myself to justify my sin. But um, anyway, I started going. I started looking for a church to you know to, to go to. And I mean, my mom was going to this one church, this Spanish church. And uh, I said, well, I'll just go to my, with my mom, you know. And so I started going, and their youth had a had like this camp thing planned out, and you know the people were great there, and they invited me to to go to this thing and man, praise the Lord, that's where I got saved and you know it's funny this is it's funny we're going there, Camp Wonderland is where I got saved in um you know our church is going for the winter retreat that's where I got saved, so anyway. Um, you know, I went to this thing and this, the preacher was preaching about just salvation and and it's like, man, he was just talking to me, you know, and immediately I recognized my sin. You know, I I I've heard I heard the gospel and what Jesus Christ did, but I didn't understand it in in reference to who I was. And when I finally understood that I was a sinner, you know, that I had broken the commands of God and that I was guilty and worthy to be judged by God. But but that he sent his son Christ to die on a cross for my sin and that if I believed in him, you know, he would give me eternal life. It all made sense to me that day. It all made sense. And it's not like uh, I had to like read it or, you know, study it. It was just God revealing it to me and and me receiving it. Isn't that beautiful? That that God would speak to us. Gosh. And um so that day I understood the gospel and everyone in that place was saved but me. It's almost like that preacher knew everyone in that place was saved but me and it's like, Okay, who wants to get saved? Come up front right now. And I was like, my heart was pounding, you know. Who wants Jesus? And I could not, I could not say no. I could not resist, you know. It's like I need Jesus. So I got up off my chair, 
And I started walking like this, you know, and everyone just starts, you know, clapping and praising the Lord. And that's where I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And immediately, it's like the guilt, the shame, the just all that stuff just was taken off. And I, and I knew that I was changed that day. Isn't that awesome? I knew I was changed. I knew that God had come down and my sin was wiped clean and, and that I have a place in heaven now. And then I didn't know, like, I didn't know how to break down the scriptures and how to preach the gospel at that moment, but I knew that something happened inside of me, you know? So I just got plugged into the church and I said, God, you know, I've wasted my talent, I've wasted my life, my body, I wasted it on things that, that didn't matter, on myself. I want to give it back to you. I want to give everything I have to you. And basically that's what I've been doing since, since that day in March 1999. And uh, that was it, man. That's how I got saved. And I encourage every one of you, I mean, if you're not saved, I don't know all of you, I know most of you, but if you're not saved, man, God has a plan for you. He loves you so much. And not only does he have a plan for you, but he has a place for you in heaven if you receive him. Amen? Thank you so much. And I love you guys. And here's Griselda. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. Who else wants to testify? Augie? Um, my name is Augie. Most of you do know me, I think, just about everybody. Uh, I was born and raised in a Christian family, and even though we were Christian, um, I saw my family deteriorate. My dad, he was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and he would verbally abuse my mom, and we'd see it, me and my older siblings and my younger brother, we'd see this, you know, and my mom would just shoo us away into the room and she'd be in one of the rooms crying. And uh, as this progresses, we ended up moving out of here from Chicago to Florida, lived there for about a good three years. And uh, they decide they're going to separate. And so me and my younger brother, Matt, we decide we're going back to my dad to live with him and his friend out in Evergreen Park, Illinois. Um, those three months were probably the most roughest months for me. At school, I was a cool, popular, preppy type of kid. But at home, I was just a self-loathing, depressed, ah, I can't even talk, depressing kid. You know, the only, the only music I didn't listen at the time was a uh, disturbing good Charlotte. And uh, they'd be like my painkillers for me, you know? Especially what was going through my life, you know? Just having to deal with my parents being separated, not really knowing why, you know, until later on in the future. Uh, also around that time, I was, uh, I guess you could say, in a backslidden state. Even though I knew who God was, I really didn't have that relationship with him. And uh, part of being in that backslidden state, I ended up having a bisexual relationship with my best friend since I had known since the age of six. 
And I thought that was just filling the hole that I had in my heart. Three months passed by. My younger brother starts missing my mom. And we ended up going back to Florida for about a year. Within that year, um, I ended up going to summer camp. The speaker there, his name was, I actually remember his name, surprisingly. His name was Kevin Shorey. And uh, he was like just this big, lovable guy. You know, had a lot of love, if you know what I'm talking about. He's well-rounded. Um, and uh, I think it was the third day in the camp. And there was just something about that message that got to me. And so I just got down to the altar, walking around. And there was about a good thousand of us. So I want to say maybe 200 kids along with me gave their lives to Christ that night, you know. And finally God just filled that hole in my heart, you know. I was sick and tired of running the music, you know. I was sick and tired of running my uh, lip service to God. I was sick and tired of running that experimentation with bisexuality. And I finally was like, you know what? I finally realized that I needed God, you know. He was the only he was the only thing in my life that was able to fill that hole in, in my heart. And since then, uh, my parents got divorced. It had sucked. I was still confused. But I, I trusted God. And with, I guess, being raised in the church and just seeing different missionary conventions, he ended up giving me this heart for the missions. Recently, I was able to go to Mardi Gras. And uh, that was two Mardi Gras ago. And it was just awesome. God just opened up my eyes. And being able to take out a team this summer with me out to New Orleans, you know. And uh, just having that heart for missions and also having a passion for filmmaking. I remember there was a time where I actually had, like, my passion for filmmaking was an idol of my life. You know, and my friend who was discipling me, he's like, give that up and seek the face of God. You know, even though I did love God and I did love filmmaking, um, I had to like just get rid of it for like a whole year. So within that year, I was just seeking God's face. A few years later, um, it's high school. I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do for my career. And uh, I thought, you know, hey. Let me get into the ministry. God's called me into the ministry. So I try uh, applying for this one uh, university out in California. And so I get a nice letter with nice words saying they rejected me, that I'm not good enough for their school, and all nice words and tones. And I'm like, okay, God, what do I do now? <laughs> and um, so... I was accepted to Northeastern and Columbia College. I really wasn't feeling Northeastern because I didn't want to uh, relive high school all over again. And uh, and so I was like, man, Columbia seems cool. I'm involved with a college prep program. And uh, got involved with filmmaking. And so it's like just God being able to reignite my passion and being able to use it like he used uh, coffee for you, Griselda. You know, um, it's just been awesome, and now it's taking me places. Um, um, I'm able to use it for a TV ministry that we're about to develop over the winter, and uh, being able to go to places like Las Vegas and Bolivia next year just to see different ministries and what they do for Jesus, you know, and being able to document that. So it's like 
had it not been for God just working in my life, I really wouldn't know where I'd be today. Amen. I'm going to ask Eddie to come up here, just share what the Lord has done in your life. Come on, Eddie. God is amazing, isn't he? Hello everyone, my name is uh, Eddie, <laughs> for all those who do not know me. Um, let's see, well, I was born into a Christian family. Uh, all my life I've been going to church, uh, well actually my parents didn't go, so I had no choice, you know. So anyways, um, I started going to church and it's just like, my mom always like stressed for me and my sister to pray and read the word. I never understood why. I was just like, okay, my mom told me to do it, and I'll do it. So I used to read the book of Proverbs like 80 times, just like Proverbs, 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 you know. And as a young boy, I knew like all the Bible stories. I knew about Adam and Eve and Noah and everything. So you ask me a question, you know, oh, I knew it, you know. But I never knew, like, I never understood that, I never like understood the relationship, you know. I never knew that you had to have the relationship with God. So I would go to church every Sunday and throughout the week, you know, like I was supposed to go to church, read the Bible, whatever. But I never like actually gave like I never had a relationship with God you know it was always just you know whatever and then gradually I just um I just stopped you know and my mom and my dad didn't stress it anymore so I want to say uh I was I believe in 2001 my parents got divorced and actually they were divorced for about maybe a year already you know and I never me and my sister never knew because they never told us but I, but they, but they were sleeping in different rooms, right? And I, and I never understood why. And I always asked myself, why are you sleeping in different rooms? You know, I think, you know, it, it always confused me. But anyways, so one day, <laughs> so so one day I had sprained, I had sprained my elbow, and my mom took me to a doctor. She took a day off, whatever. She took me to the doctors and whatnot. And she told me, you know, you and my, your your dad and I are not gonna be together anymore. So I was like, okay, it didn't hit, it didn't hurt me as much as my sister did. So they sent us to Puerto Rico for like maybe about three months, you know, so my mom, and my dad can get settled and whatnot. And so, um, so then when that school year end, when that school year started in in one, um, it was like I became like a different person. You know, it was just like, okay, now my parents are not split up. It's like, like, what do I, what do I do? You know, and it was just like I didn't care about anybody else. I was just like off for me, me, me. You know, I fell, I believe in high school. You know, in high school you had to be like a cool kid. You didn't want to be the one, you know, in the corner all by himself. You know, you want to be a popular kid. You want to be in the cliques. You know, you want to be cool. You know, so um, I went to a Christian school. Doesn't mean everybody's Christian, but I went to a Christian school, you know, put on the whole Christian face. And then when I would go out with my friends, you know, it was a whole uh, different story. Um, I used to go out. I used to go out and party. I would, I would drink casually. Um, I tried smoking for a little bit. And uh, I fell into sexual immorality big time. You know, it was just like I knew... Somewhere deep in my heart, I knew it was wrong, but I, I didn't care, you know, because I was like, you know, I'm going to be having, I'm going to live a good life, I'm going to live long, you know, I'm young. I was like, you know what, whatever. I fell in sexual immorality, I did things with girls that, you know, I obviously wasn't supposed to. I never had sex, but basically, I did everything else, you know, I just might as well just sort of done it, you know. <laughs> so, um, so I was, I was in bondage for that for maybe about until... Maybe about a, two years ago, you know, and then um, so that was a big, uh, it was a big addiction in my life, you know, and 
uh, I would go to church, and again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worship. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worship God. I wouldn't close my eyes. I wouldn't do anything, you know, because I was just so, like, my heart was so hardened, you know, and I didn't allow Him to to come into me, you know. So I'm just there, like, okay, church is there. Uh, hurry up, Pastor. Don't want to go. I got things to do. You know, I don't want to be here. So then, um, so I want to say, I think it was this year. Yeah, this year, uh, Evie. She used to go to Metro. Uh, she would come here to Metro. She would always invite me and my sister. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go, you know. Like, two days out the week was all right for me, you know. Make it three days, oh, that's too much that's Too much church for me, you know. <laughs> and then um, she was going for a while. And then she asked me, you know, you guys should come. You should guys should come. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But actually, we had got invited to come play, you know. And uh, by this time, I was playing uh, piano for about maybe a couple months when I first started playing, I don't know, in October, last year in October. And she invited us, I think it was like the beginning of March, we first came here. And I come in, and I'm like, okay. And, and like, I had, I had, there was a situation in my life where I became very distant with people. Like, I didn't want to make friends. I was too scared because, you know, I, I was let down a lot. I got hurt one time in one summer. It was the worst summer of my life. So I was like, meeting new people was like, whoa. You know, all these people coming up to me, hugging me. I'm like, ooh, dude, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> Why are you hugging me? You know, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. So, <laughs> so then I was like, okay. Um, so then I see, and then worship time comes, and it's just like, Pijo asked everybody to come up to to worship. I was like, oh no, I gotta come up here and pretend I'm worshiping, you know. So then I remember I, I was sitting, I was standing right here, I was standing right here, and I seeing all these kids, all these kids worship. I'm just like, wow, you know, all these all these kids are worshiping, you know. And it's like a stab in my face, you know. Who am I, you know, to be like, oh my goodness, Lord, you know, I'm just standing around doing nothing. And then um, I was like, I felt like this tug in my heart. And I was just like, I was like, okay, Lord, if, if this is you, this is real, you know. So I remember I was right here and I actually, I raised my hands. And I started worshiping and, I, and I, I felt this feeling that I've never, ever, ever felt before in my whole entire life. You know, because when people will be up here worshiping, they say, oh, you know, the presence of God is here. And all. I never understood that because I never felt it. I was like, okay, these guys don't know what they're talking about, you know. So then, and so I felt it. I was right there. I remember, and I was just like, "Man, Lord, you are real," you know. And then, um, well, I guess you can say I actually started having a relationship with God. Then, you know, I mean, like before, I knew God, I knew who He was, I knew His power, but I never had a relationship with Him. So ever since then, I started reading my Word, I started praying. So you can say I actually like rededicated my life with God. And so, I mean, it was hard. It was still hard. I was still doing things I wasn't supposed to, and whatnot. But, but as time grew on, it was like my relationship with God grew, you know, and then, like, one day my sister told me, she was talking to, um, I believe it was my mom, you know, and, like, I was never really, um, I was really, really, like, I was never really affectionate with my sister, like, you know, yeah, she was just there, you know, and, and my mom always told me, oh, no one's gonna ever love you like your sister, she's always there for you, I'm like, okay, yeah, mom, whatever, you know, I, I'd even tell her, like, I don't love Naya, you know, I used to tell her that, I would not, I would, I don't, I don't love her, I was really, like, bitter like that, you know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> And then, um, and then during, <laughs> and then during this whole process, you know, I started to change. I started actually being a little bit more affectionate with Naya. I actually told her I loved her, you know. And and um, it was just like she would, she would go to my mom. She's like, oh my gosh, Junior's changed. He's different. And I don't know what it is. And then one time uh, at our youth group, Naya was telling Evie that, that I had been changing. And then I would actually see the change in myself. I was like, man, you know, that's only the power of God, you know, because who else can do that besides Him? I was like, man, Lord, you're real. So then, ever since then, I've been reading my Word. I've been praying. You know, and I just think, like, God's been moving in a terrible way. I mean, God God has, like, actually developed my, my talent on the piano. You know, I never thought I'd be playing piano, and then here I am, you know, just playing. 
And then it's all glory to God because, I mean, like I said, he's the only one who could have done this. You know, and I, and I thank him every day because I, like, I always use this illustration. It was just like God rolled up his sleeve and he was like, nah, you know, you're, you're mine. You know, he put, his, he put his hand in the dirt and he was like, no, you're mine. So it's just like, I mean, I, I just thank God every day, you know, for what he's taking me out of because if I didn't really dedicate my life to God, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be here sharing my testimony with any of you guys. I would probably even know any of you guys, you know. So, so I thank him every day and um, that's, that's my testimony. And here I am today. Awesome. All right. One more person. My sister, Susie Q. Come on. I love my sister so much. You guys love Susie? Yeah. Oh. I love Jesus and Susie. <laughs> I don't know what she would do without me. Only God knows. Okay. <sighs> Jesus. Okay. What do I say? I know. Like, Jesus, what do I say? <laughs> There's so much. God's done a lot in me. Just want to say, like, I love all you guys so much. There's only, like, two of you I could point out that I don't really know. Um, Ellie and Chris and Cynthia, I really enjoyed getting to know you guys yesterday. Um, and just, like, I don't think I said enough. Like, I had fun with you guys. I had fun with you guys. But you know what? You know why? Because it was like we were real. We were like not fake. And that's something that I dealt with before is I used a lot of my friends. I used them to get what I wanted, to get what I needed, to be able to do what I wanted. So I used them a lot, lost a lot of friends. You know, I wasn't a real friend. I was a big liar. Um, I would never be able to be up here talking in front of people. I would be like almost fainting or something. Um, and even though I still get nervous, I mean, I'm, you're, everyone's watching me right now, but you know, it's it's all God and, and I just, I love being able to share like what he's done in me and um, it's been a journey, you know, it's not been the easiest thing, but who I am today is all glory to him. Um, okay. So um, I used to be part of a youth group when I was in high school, and that's really how I learned Christianity because I was raised Catholic. So I started learning about Christianity, and then, like, I was one of those, like, watching people worship, and I'm like, whoa, what is that? You know, people raising their hands and people shouting and singing along, and, and I wanted that. I mean, I always knew who God was. I always feared him, knew I had to answer to him, um, and just always knew that he would be able to protect me no matter what even though I wasn't like serving him and I would get myself in situations where at that point is when I would call on him and tell him that I would change but I wouldn't so you know being part of of the youth group um showed me like what a relationship with God was but no one was there to teach me how to have that relationship like there was no one trying to disciple me, no one trying to lead me, no one trying to correct me, rebuke me, encourage me, all that. So um, it wasn't until, like, I really met Pastor Joe and really came here, and that was almost three years ago, like two and a half years ago or something. So when I really started to to know what it means to be a Christian, to live for him, um, so that's how I look into know. <laughs> teaching and stuff like that so now and like today like I shared my testimony with the kids and I'm like I'm with them every week 
And so I know they love me. <laughs> and so and they're so we're all so close, right? And the little girls just like they look at me and they come and they hug me. And today when I had to share, like I've done drugs, I've had sex before marriage, I've drank. Well, I didn't say I had sex because I don't want you know I said I gave my love to boys when I shouldn't have. And so, but like telling them like I use drugs and I drink and I was a liar and this and that and they're looking at me like. And Bella was there. It was hard. I was like, no. <laughs> but it was like, you know, I was telling them, but you know what? That's who I was before I was born again. You know, and this is who I am now in Christ. Like, I'm different. And, like, sharing stories of what I used to do then, like, people look at me and be like, you used to do that? Like, I can't see you doing that. I'm like, glory to God, you know, because that's not me anymore. So I'm changed. I'm a new person. I don't know what I would do without my sister. She's really encouraged me a lot. I think she's doing a great job here. Um... And I just, I love all you guys so much. You know, I just feel like, like we just are so like going through this Christian walk with God just together as one. And, you know, it's important to support each other, to love one another, to just teach each other, get into the work together, to worship together, to pray together. Because, I mean, without it, like, what are we doing? We're just walking alone, you know, and, and. Like I heard Rachel say one time at home, one is the lonely number. <laughs> so anyways, one is the lonely number. You know, all of us. It's <laughs> anyways, okay, thank you guys. Oh, Lord. <laughs> all right, we have time for one more. One more. But before... Um, we get into that. Like, my sister always takes the time to say how much she loves people, and I want to take the time to tell you guys, I love you guys so much, and, and we're all part of a big family, and it's what we've become. It's not, we're not just friends. We are truly brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's why it's so important to, to hear each other's testimonies, to encourage one another, to be like, wow, you know, that's amazing what God has done in that person's life, and, um, and it's just great, and, you know, we had such a great time in small group last Friday, and we just worshiped. Was it for, like, 40 minutes? Like, we just worshiped. Like, Chris got on the guitar, and we just started singing songs, and we messed up, and we laughed, and we kept going, and, and we were off key, and it was just beautiful. Like, like wasn't it beautiful? It was amazing. Like, it wasn't planned. It wasn't forced. It was just our hearts crying out to God, and um, it was very powerful. And then and then our, work, our fellowship was just amazing. It was just laughs and laughs, and the Spirit of God was definitely in that place. And, uh, and I just love you. I genuinely love you. And I thank you for coming and joining us every week. And, and invite your friends. And, and one thing that, that this church is known for is the love bombs. Like, you'll just hear everybody just say how much we hug on people and, and how much we just, like, tackle you or whatever, just smother you when you walk through those doors. It's because we have genuine love. You know, we want to give and we want to spread. And, and sometimes it may come off too strong, but we're, we're trying our best <laughs> to hold back. But... You know, we just it just comes naturally. So now I'm going to ask my sister Layla to come up and testify um, about what the Lord has done in her life. All right, here you go. My heart's going a thousand miles an hour. Okay. Um, Jesus. Okay, the biggest, okay, the one thing that I dealt with a lot was, um, okay, growing up, you know, I, whatever, I was daddy's girl, you know. So I have two younger sisters. And, um, okay, so this is what happened. I remember in elementary school, I had two best friends. And uh, they were, like, part of the popular crew, you know, the, the cool ones, you know. And I remember wanting to be just like them. 
And so I did all I could to fit in. And so, you know, if they cursed, I cursed, you know. If they were trying to go out with a boy, I wanted to go out with a boy, you know. But I was, you know, considered the, the ugly one, you know. So, um, I mean, I grew up trying to fit in, not really ever fitting in, you know. So, um, you know, one day I'm coming out of school, and my dad used to pick us up, you know, and, and drop us off because my mom worked during the day. So it was a typical school day. You know, I come outside, and uh, I'm looking for my dad, and I see him sitting down on the bench, you know, with a with some woman I'd never seen before, but they were looking a little too friendly, you know, like you only see that type of friendly with your mom type of thing, you know, like they were sitting really close together. And I was trying to run to go and, like, get in the middle of it, you know, and stop it, but uh, the teacher grabbed me by my shoulder and told me to hold the door. And so I stood, and then my sisters came out, and we went to him, and, and obviously he knew to cut it short because we were all coming out, so, like, she disappeared, and and I told him when we got home that I saw him, you know, when it was just me and him. And he told me, oh, you better not say anything. He was like, promise me you're not going to tell your mom. And I was like, why? He goes, oh, because that's my special lady friend. But we're, we're just friends. Just don't tell your mom. And so me being little, you know, and not really knowing not to say anything, I never said anything. So every day after school, you know, since my mom was working, um, we'd stay at the park and, and play around with her children because they went to our school and, and so I thought everything was normal, you know. Uh, long story short, basically one day we're at the park, and uh, this lady takes me and my sisters and her kids to a 7-Eleven. And we're all geeked, you know. And, like, we're excited because she's going to spoil us. We're going to get all the ice cream and candy we want, you know. And so we go into the store. We get everything we want. We go into the park. And that day I found out that my dad told this lady that my mom was dead that he was raising us on his own, you know, and, and that, whatever. I don't know how he said he was getting support, but basically my mom died and he was all alone. And so they were dating, but I didn't know this, you know. And, um, and what happens is my mom finds out from my aunt because she's seen him outside of an apartment building and whatnot. And then one day we ran over there, me and my mom and my sisters, and mind you, we're little, so we're running with my mom a couple blocks down that way, down long. And um, we see the apartment, and we saw my dad. And so my mom snuck in, you know, and, and they got into a fist fight. And then I went in with my sisters looking for the lady, you know, and her kids. And me and the girls were talking about, oh, we're going to beat them. If we see them, we're going to beat them, you know. And um, I saw my dad pushing my mom out the door, and we're screaming at him, and then all of a sudden, the lady on the second floor comes out, and she's calling my mom the B-word, and, and so we're cursing at the girl, and my dad finally pushes my mom, and when he gets her out the door, he slams the door shut, and he runs. And my mom's, you know, trying to watch my sisters, because they're, you know, they're crying, they don't know what's happening, and my mom goes, chase him. So I'm running after him, and we run through an alley, and, and I wasn't paying attention, and I tripped over a speed hump. And I'm screaming, and I'm crying because it hurt, you know, like... And, you know, I'm trying to get his attention. He looks back, you know, and, and I'm thinking he's going to come back. You know what I'm saying? He's, you know, typical dad, come back. Kept running, you know. And the whole time I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? You know, like, I need to tell his lies, you know. And, and I'm his first child. He should love me, you know. He never came back. And so I grew up so screwed up. I mean... I hated my life. 
I was depressed. I was always alone. My mentality was if I were to kill myself, no one would find out because no one pays attention to me at home. I was very suicidal. I remember one day being in my room and saying to myself, oh, you know, I could kill myself right now. And they won't find out to the morning because they're not going to come in my room and see. You know? And then I remember in 2005, I set a date. You know what? Like, there's most people, when they want to kill themselves, they set a date, you know? I'm going to kill myself this day, and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is when I'm going to do it. And there was this one kid that would always bother me. It was one of my sister's friends. And Pastor Joe had witnessed to him in October on Halloween. And he invited me in November. And he was like, you should come. And I was getting irritated because he kept telling me. And I was like, you know what, kid? Fine. One day we're going to go just so you can get out my hair. You know? And, and so in November, I had, I had told myself I was going to do it like the 28th. I was going to kill myself on the 28th. You know? I don't know why. Stupid. And so I go on the 25th. I walk in. I sit in the back because I didn't know anybody. And I really did not want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to come in, you know, show this kid that I was going to come and, and leave, you know? But then... Pastor Joel, Pastor Joel kept saying, right before the altar call, God loves you. And he's like, there's someone in this room that needs to hear those words and know that God loves you, you know? And he just kept saying a bunch of stuff. Like, everything he said hit me in the face, you know? Like, don't worry about what's happening now. You're precious in his eyes, you know? And he looks around in the room and he goes, who was that word for? You know, and, and I did not want to raise my hand because there were other people in here. You know, that could have been for anybody. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. And so I waited and I waited and he said it like three times and nobody came. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. So I tiptoed back and I was like, I hope nobody looks at me. And I stand in the center and I'm just like, okay. You know, don't address me out loud. Come and whisper, you know, like praying for me and and I mean I just felt different you know I felt different you know I finally you know like I, I guess it was something like in my heart you know what I'm saying like because after feeling like I wanted to die because mind you this was like three days before I was going to kill myself you know what I'm saying like feeling so different you know just knowing that that someone could love me you know for who I was you know it was amazing and and so I've been coming ever since. You know, it's been hard not to want to come, you know. Like, you know, I found that, that peace. I found that love, you know, that, that other people weren't giving me, you know. It was, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't easy. And, you know, what helped me was that people wanted to get into my life, you know. You know, people wanted to find out how I was doing. You know, and, and it was so God when I met Susie, you know, and I love Susie, but this is, and I always bring her up, but it's because God has used Susie in so many ways. I mean, you know, she's, she's been the example for me, you know, the, the godly woman I want to be, you know, and, and, and I mean, if it hadn't been for people like Susie and Pastor Joe and Griselda, you know, just the girls, I don't, you know, above all God, you know, I, I don't know where I'd be. You know, I mean, God forbid I wouldn't have come. And I mean, it drives me insane to think about it. But what I've gone through with what I said, would I have killed myself that night, that day, 
but I'm standing here before you. Loving God is, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. God is good. I mean, that, that's what God has brought me from. And I mean, he's done amazing things. Now I'm working on being a youth leader and, and leading worship on Fridays and, and being able to pour into little kids' hearts in the nursery. I mean, I love it. And God is, God is good. So that's me. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you so much, Lord God Almighty, for what you have done in our lives, Lord, for what you have brought us from, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for cleansing us, for purifying us, for making us into true men and women, Lord God Almighty, who love you, who serve you, who acknowledge you, Lord, who humble ourselves, dear God. You have changed us. You've allowed us to humble ourselves and bow down to the living God, Lord. And we thank you so much, dear Lord, for the transformation that you have done. We thank you, dear God, for the plans that you have in our lives, Lord God. We thank you, dear Lord, for the, the priceless gift, dear Lord, of salvation, dear God. We thank you for eternal life. We thank you for your love, dear God, that you pour out upon us, dear Lord. And I pray that you send us out, dear Lord, to bring more to you, dear God, for more testimonies, dear Lord, to glorify your name, to exalt your name on high, Jesus. I pray, dear Lord, that you will just give us that, that passion, that desire, dear God, that we will never forget where you have brought us from, dear God. We will never forget our first love, dear Lord. We will never forget that day when we acknowledged you as king, Lord, and we knew that we had to serve you. We had to serve you, dear God. We had to love you. We had to obey you, Jesus. I pray, dear God, that you send us forth with power, with boldness, dear God, with your signs and with your wonders, Jesus. Dear Lord, let all the glory be for you and only you. We are your servants, dear Lord. Let us be used as your instruments of righteousness, Lord. As we once lived for this world, dear God, and, and lived for the devil, dear God, and served him and obeyed him and bowed down to him, today we say we live for you. We bow down to you. We obey you, God. And we are loving it, Jesus. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You guys, we can just fellowship. No small groups today.